Yeah. If you're here online, I uh, want to welcome you once again uh, to our service. My name is Mike Schroeder, and I am blessed to serve as one of the pastors here, part of the team, along with our awesome senior pastors, Tanya and Matt. Hallelujah. Our senior pastors, Tanya and Matt, I think every time I say that, you just burst into cheers, you know. That's great. My darling wife is here, Ev, and uh, we are so glad to be together again. And uh, thank you. I am glad to be back. Uh, somebody said they missed me. Well, I have, to, I have to confess, I really didn't miss a whole lot here. I did miss some of you more than others, maybe, but I missed some of you and, and thought of you a lot. I did. And uh, while I was enjoying, you know, the sunshine and the beach and the warm weather, in we, yeah, and we joined online. We were here uh, online both Sundays that we were gone, so we weren't really gone. We were just gone, you know, geographically. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, it's almost like one of, those, one of those things you never do, but I'm going to show you some pictures of our vacation. And uh, the first one is, is the beach at, uh, and, well, actually both are related to this, uh, the Honolulu Bay uh, beach. It's a, it's a snorkeling beach. There's no sand there particularly. It's, uh, there's probably grains of sand amongst all the rocks. It's a very rocky beach. And I put that, uh, I kind of blew up that car, uh, expanded the view of that car on the left-hand side there because it's hard to see. But I wanted to point out the fact that it's a very steep, almost like a cliff. There's lots of cliffs in Maui where we were. And um, and you can see those little tiny little figures on the beach. Those are actually people. And then on, in the water, there's people that are snorkeling. Uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful place. It really is. And uh, those, those cliffs, though, it, it, it's really uh, daunting to get up to this beach. Now, it, as it turns out, the road, it makes a sharp descent. And then there's a one-way bridge at the bottom and another ascent on the other side. You can see how high that is. Now, the next slide, if if it's going up there. Yeah, it shows another view of the, of, the, uh, of the road. And then you can see along the bottom there, there's a picture of the, the rocky beach. And at this beach, my wife and I, it's, it's uh, I keep forgetting the name, it's Honolulu, uh, Honolulu Bay Beach, uh, but we call it the Chicken Beach because there's a lot of chickens there. All through Hawaii, there's a lot of chickens, and it has, it has to do with uh, a hurricane that came through uh, back in the 90s, I think. And even before then, there was another one, I think, in the 50s. But um, anyways, there's just a lot of chickens everywhere. It's kind of kind of cool. You know, they don't bug me. They, I don't bug them. It's fine. Um, and what else am I going to show you there? So, yeah. And then I wanted to, you know, I wanted to show you that in the valley, you know, you saw how, how sparse it is, you know, in the rocky terrain on the, along the road. But in the valley, this particular beach, it's got this beautiful walkway. It's almost like Tarzan land. And, you know, it looks like you could swing on some of those vines and stuff. It's just, it's quite spectacular. It's a beautiful walk. We love going there. Uh, it doesn't take long to hike. It's not like a long hike. In fact, it's quite flat where, where the bottom of the valley is there. But today we're going to be talking about a valley. And I, I wanted to brag a little bit about our trip, but I also wanted to point out the difference that there can be between the valley and the rest 
of the, of the topography, the rest of the area. It's quite a, a profound difference between the valley and, and the rocky hills. And so today we're going to be talking about the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, we're going to be going into that right now. In fact, we're going to read some scripture. We're going to pray. Um, I've got some, some points. I'm going to go pretty fast through the beginning. And I'm going to go pretty fast at the end. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick quite a bit of time into the center of this message. So if we get through the long part in the middle, you know it won't be long before we're finished. But I, I honestly believe that there's something that God wants to do in us. And uh, for those of you online, uh, I believe that there's something for every single person here. Uh, one of the plagues that we have had in uh, our land in the first world here, especially in North America, around uh, COVID, it has turned into quite a plague of anxiety. Isolation and anxiety are things that have really hurt a lot of people. And I believe that there's some insights here in this verse that we're going to be talking about, verse 4 today of Psalm 23. I want you to be sure, if you have not heard the last three sermons from our dear Pastor Matt from verses 1, 2, and 3, of Psalm 23, I really highly recommend that you take the time. We have it on, uh, we have it on our website. We have it on uh, on uh, all all different areas, different platforms, and so I really want to encourage you to uh, to dig into those three sermons. But let's uh, let's read Psalm 23, and it's a very common scripture. And uh, so don't just kind of let your mind go, yeah, yeah, I've heard this before. In fact, we're going to stop after verse 3. I have something to just mention about, about that. All right, so let's go ahead and read Psalm 23, verses 1, 2, and 3. And then in a moment after that, we'll finish the psalm. Okay, ready? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, I'd like you to read it out loud if you don't mind. Can, you, can we all read it out loud? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now there's a switch. That was a testimony of the goodness and glory of God. Because the Lord is my shepherd, it says in the Living Bible, I have everything I need. I am, I am filled up. I'm satisfied. That's the testimony here of the, of the psalmist. But then there's a switch in the middle of this psalm, and instead of talking to the, the group, he's talking directly to the Lord and reminding God of some things. And he says in verse 4, he says, Yes, go ahead, let's say this together. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
This is a kind of prayer that is a faith affirmation prayer. And this is really a good habit for us to be in. I was, I was just thinking about uh, a dear fellow that was part of our congregation for the longest time, and he's now with the Lord, uh, Ralph Mothy. And uh, I remember listening to him pray, and I, I've heard him pray many, many, many times in prayer meetings. I've been in with him over many years. And I don't think I ever, ever heard him pray anything that wasn't one of these kind of prayers. And it's, it's just a, a great inspiration to me. And when we pray, we can ask the Lord, well, Lord, I'm feeling very fearful here in this dark valley of the shadow of death. Please take away my fear. Amen. And then we feel like, well, that didn't work, so now I'm going to go and do something else that makes, makes me feel better. And it's not a good habit for us. And so this faith affirmation, and, you know, uh, when, when Sharon came up earlier and talked about Hebrews chapter 1 and the importance of faith in our lives. And it's so important for us when we pray that we pray in faith. And our hope is in the Lord, not in our own strength. Amen? And so in this particular verse here for verse, uh, verse 4, we're going to be staying in verse 4. And, um, you know, you're going to have to listen fast because I only have a two-hour sermon here. And so, you know, as fast as you can listen, we'll get it out and, and we'll be out of here in good time. But in Psalm, Psalm 23 and verse 4, uh, just going to read this one more time here. It says, yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And uh, this, this verse talks about a number of different things. It talks about a valley. And we've already talked a little bit about a valley. It talks about the shadow of death. And, uh, you know, this, this week, our dear sis Colleen lost her mama. And she was in the valley of death this week. But we don't fear. We have hope because we're breathing. And we have hope. For tomorrow, and Jesus is our hope. The sure and certain hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ. And we are the ones who will be joining with him in that day. You know, that's, that's worth uh, a Selah moment. You know, when you're reading in the Psalms, it says Selah. I mean, just stop and think about that. Because we will be, we will be resurrected. Anyone in faith, those who believe in Jesus Christ and have received him into their life and have had the Holy Spirit make them new from the inside out, that's the group that will be resurrected and know the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I, let's say it together, I will not perish, but have everlasting life. That was awkward. Let's do it one more time. I will not perish, but have everlasting life. Come on. This is true. This is, this is not just, a, you know, pie in the sky that, you know, that's what I learned in Sunday school or that's what they said. 
you know, uh, you know, on the the, uh, the the football games in the end zone where it says John 3:16. That's what you and I just quoted. You know, I, whoever believes in me, Jesus says, will not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We have with the shadow of death, and sometimes it's it's real. You know, it, it's a real threat. Uh, you know, when David was talking about this, and in, in the valleys they take the sheep up the uh, up to the top of the mountains, but they go along the valley because that's where the it, it's a more gentle slope and it's more doable. And there's there's uh, grass there that grows. It's more lush in the valley, uh, in the in that rocky terrain of of uh, Israel, and so here we have uh, the the valley of the shadow of death. And I want to read to you some quotations from a gentleman named Philip Keller who wrote a great book that we've actually been using as a resource when we've been going through this Psalm 23. And it's the shepherd that looks at Psalm 23, I believe is the name of the book. And Philip Keller says this, There are still valleys to walk through during our remaining days. These not need to be dead-end streets. Uh, the disappointments and frustrations, discouragement, dilemmas, dark, difficult days. Ever had any of those? They need not be disasters. They can be the road to higher ground in our walk with God. And if you want to get to the higher ground, and we love being in the mountaintops, spiritually speaking, don't we? Don't we just love to be filled with joy and dancing and letting God just know that how, we, how much we love him and all that? But, you know, the fact is, uh, uh, slide number nine, the next slide starts with higher ground. Often we get an erroneous idea how about how this uh, takes place. It's as though we imagine we could be airlifted onto higher ground. Lord, just take me up to higher ground. On the rough trail of the Christian life, this is not so. You gain the higher ground by climbing up through the valleys. Isn't that awesome? You know, when if you're walking through the valley, well, first of all, don't stop, okay? Because you won't get to the mountaintop. But when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, that's the, that's the way toward the higher ground in your life. Amen. And uh, when we are in the valley of the shadow of death, and when we're on the higher ground, we need to be practicing and being aware of the presence of God. He is with you at all times through the high heights and the deepest valleys. In fact, I know in my life, when I look back, I, you know, I, I love the times when, you know, there's great joy and the Holy Spirit's moving in my life and I'm filled with him and just feeling so awesome. That's so great. But there's a different, deeper place in the valley where God's presence really makes a difference in one's life. And I know my testimony is, is that, and I was thinking about this, some of my darkest days, my toughest times, that's when I knew the comfort that comes from Jesus the most. And that's, that's my story, and I, I can just assume that that's your story as well. But when you're in the moment, 
You don't feel all tingly, but yet God's comfort is very, very real. We need to practice the presence of God. It's at our low times that God can seem so much closer. And I was thinking about uh, this, and I was remembering my grandfather who passed away of cancer, suffered a lot, Grandpa Schroeder. And uh, this goes back 44 years. And uh, he was in the hospital, and they didn't have pain management then like they do now. Uh, and he suffered a lot. But you know what he said to me? And I, I was, I'll never forget it. He said, Michael, that's what they called me in the family. <laughs> Michael, he says, I would not trade this time with Jesus for anything because God was so close to him. And uh, I... I don't wish that particular kind of experience on myself or anyone else. However, God is faithful. And when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God's presence will be and is with you. Now, a lot of times I've heard in my life about the shadow of death and the fact that, well, it's just a shadow. It's not real. Uh, I'd like to talk about that for a moment. First of all, uh, it was real for the psalmist David, he in the in the valleys is where the, the sheep were very um, uh, at at risk from predators, and we know that at least once he killed a bear <laughs> with his sling. I, I would guess it's with his sling, and uh, he also he killed a lion. That's that's what he did. He looked after and protected his sheep from the predators that were very very real. Sometimes the threat is very real. Sometimes the threat is imagined. And you and I, I, I think if you want to just differentiate between fear and anxiety, uh, you could say, and I don't know if this is clinically, you know, psychologically correct clinically, but, you know, I like to think of fear as being something that's based on a real threat. You know, so if, if, if you're walking and you know, in a dark alley and you, you know, you, all of a sudden you're surrounded by, you know, six thugs, you know, that's, that's a real threat. And fear is actually something that God made in us, you know, kind of wired into our body, get the little uh, adrenaline going, get the juices flowing, and all of a sudden time slows down and you're looking around and trying to see if there's a way out of this. Because, you know, uh, fear, so fear can, you know, the emotions of fear can actually be very helpful at certain times. However, the problem is right now, especially in the first world, for the most part, we're, we're just onslaughted right now with anxiety. And it's, it's 20, 30, 40% of, of the population on any given day. And it's just amazing how, how really how bad it, this, this is. And whether it's, uh, you know, agoraphobia or claustrophobia or whatever the, the phobias are, this anxiety is something that's very real. And it's not really helpful to say, well, it's, it's, it's only a per perceived threat. That's not really helpful. It can be helpful if, if especially it's not helpful to say that uh, unless a person is asking. But as a person who struggles with anxiety and whether it's anxiety or along the, the, the uh, continuum to panic attacks, uh, 
these, these things are very real. And we can't just dismiss them and say, well, it's not real. Well, it, it is real. It, it, you know, if your body is trembling and your mind is going a jillion miles an hour, you know, you can, oh, they're there now. It's not, it's just an, an imagined threat. It doesn't work. It's not effective. And so somehow we need to sort out what do we do about this? And, uh, and I, I believe that uh, as Christians, it's even uh, got an additional challenge because of what we might call the shame of it. Because you know, as a Christian, if you've been in the Word and you know the Bible, you know that we're taught uh, all through Scripture, don't fear. Well, thank you. <laughs> and so now we've got the, the actual anxiety and things happening in our body, our breath is going, our, whatever it is, our heart's racing, you know, we're, maybe we're sweating, whatever we're doing, we might be pacing, we might be uh, cocooning, we, you know, whatever it is that's happening in our physical body and our emotions, and now we're told, well, don't fear. Okay, I'll try. Didn't work, didn't work. Jesus, help me. Yeah, I'm still feeling like this. And it's not like Jesus won't help you, and that would be a miracle, and we do believe in miracles, but I don't think we should be depending on miracles if we're faced with a lot of anxiety on an ongoing basis or something that needs to happen. And there is help, and there is good teaching, and if I may say so, it's good teaching you're going to hear right now. And I have 10 points. Yeah, only 10. And we'll go through, uh, we'll go through them uh, as fast as we can without making it useless. But the first point is being aware. And I think for a person like me, maybe you're not like, maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes I'm just oblivious, and I don't even know what I'm feeling. Okay? <laughs> My wife says true, so it must be. <laughs> you know, but it, we need to be aware of what we're actually going through and give ourselves permission to be human. Because the other, the other uh, possibility or, or option is denial. And that is, you know, that's a nice river in Egypt. But it's, it's not a good place to be, to be in denial. It doesn't help. It might, it, it might be a coping mechanism to get you through the next two hours. And that's maybe okay for a short, tiny season. But we need to be willing to face our particular issues that we're facing. And we need to be able to uh, allow ourselves freedom uh, to to ex have our experience validated, at least internally, and say, yeah, I I am uh, facing anxiety. If if I was to, and I'm not going to, but perhaps you can think about if I did ask you to raise your hand and you weren't uh, concerned about everybody else's uh, eyes on you, you know, how many of us experience anxiety sometimes? You know, probably most of us have have felt this this uh, temptation, at least, to fear. And God help us to understand that that is part of our human experience. And when the, we're told, do not fear, in the Bible, that's because there's a need for us to deal with this. That's why it's repeated so often. Amen. Pastor Matt said amen. Anybody else agree with that? Anytime you've got this over and over over again through Scripture, please do not fear. 
there's something about that that God wants to say. And it's not about God saying, you know, what's wrong with you? You shouldn't be feeling that. God is not saying that. What he's saying is, I've got answers for you. And the main one, the main one is number two. It's a faith affirmation. I will not fear, for you are with me. That might take you, it only takes a few seconds to say that line, but that might take you a day or two or three to really process. I remember uh, when I was dealing with uh, something that wasn't anxiety so much as it was a sort of an attitude of, of rejection, and I guess there is anxiety involved with that, but it's a similar parallel thing, and I remember God working in me through through this particular season in my life and and it was a thought like this you know i'm i am accepted in you i'm adopted by you god and and i i would affirm that and sometimes and, and at that time i remember especially it took me weeks to process that and really get that deep in my spirit that i am accepted in the beloved i am truly loved by god and I'm okay. And the same thing with this particular sentence. You know, I will not fear for you are with me. It doesn't take long to say, but it takes a while for us sometimes. Sometimes. Maybe not always. But sometimes we need to take some time with this and really let it sink into our life and make it a part of us. And I want to encourage you with that. And now point number three is very similar to that. Feed your faith. Practice healthy spirituality. Position yourself to grow with spiritual disciplines. You know when you don't feel like opening your Bible and you feel like when you pray it's just, you know, barely making it past the ceiling. That's when we need to keep pers being persistent. Not to say, well, it's not working for me. Well, first of all... <laughs> This is your life. You know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm hungry, so I'm going to eat something. Uh, well, it, you need to do it. You need to eat every day, pretty much, unless you're fasting or what do you call that other kind of fasting? Intermittent fasting is all the rage now. But, you know, I, I like the part where it's you're, when you are eating <laughs> in the intermittent fast, fasting. <laughs> like the, the Ramadan fast. I love it in, in the dark. <laughs> it's just great. Anyways, so, so God help us to keep in the Word, to keep faithful in prayer, to come to church. You know, if you don't want to come and don't want to talk to anyone, come late and leave early. But come. Come. Be here. Be here in the atmosphere. And I, I have experienced church online, and it's, it's a great sort of alternate, right? But there's nothing like being here in person. Let me invite you, if you're online, come and join us in person. We would love to see you. And uh, Now we're allowed to shake hands and maybe give a little hug and all of that. So it's, it's a good time to be together. Anybody say amen in the house? So we need to be consistent with this. Number four is just get enough rest. Like, this is so important. You know how important it is? It's the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And there's something holy, come on, there's something holy about looking after yourself. You need to give yourself permission if you need some rest. And, you know, I'm 
I'm getting up there. You know, I'm not as old as some of you. But my, I'm way older than my wife. And I've noticed that I've noticed that I need more rest than I used to. And that's that's okay. That's okay. We're not talking about lazy and just, you know, giving up and, you know, just letting everything go, you know, just to to garbage. <laughs> I can't remember any good word that's not a swear word and I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like saying naughty words. <laughs> so anyways, point is, is that we, we don't want to be lazy, but we need to look after ourselves and be, get enough sleep, get enough rest. If, and uh, if you need an afternoon break for, you know, a 15, 20-minute cat nap, well, if you're able to, like if you're not on the job, you know, take it. One day a week, you know, make sure you have a day that, that is a, a day that you are setting aside for the presence of the Lord especially and so forth. Number five, physical exercise. Uh, sometimes we just need to get past the temptation to cocoon on a couch or a bed. Sometimes you just need to, uh, you know, need to get out and do something because physical symptoms in your body, I, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not like this. this. I don't talk like this a, a lot. My, my wife's the one that looks after you know, the, all the first aid and all of that kind of stuff in our house. I don't, I don't think about it because she's so good. But, you know, the truth is, is that uh, physical symptoms, you know, like whether it's, it's your, you know, just your trembling or your breathing or your heart rate or whatever it is, sometimes, not, I, it, I'm not the expert here, but sometimes a physical uh, issue needs to be dealt with in a physical way. And you just need to get out, go for a walk. Okay, you need, you need to move, move your body. You know, if, if you don't want to do anything else, you know, just do some squats at home or whatever it is. In fact, number six is closely related. Find out what works for you. You know, sometimes, and I've done this, do some breathing exercises. You know, if you find yourself, just, you know, you've got this adrenaline going and you're going like, what's going on here? Well, just some breathing sometimes it's good. It's, it, it works. I, I just saw this today, or this week, I should say. Uh, there, was, there was somebody that showed this online, and they, they splashed themselves with cold water on their face. And they said, this will work for you. You should try this. And I thought, I don't know. <laughs> I like a hot, warm cloth on my face. That feels good. But anyways, find out what needs what works for you, creative expression. Um, I know someone that has a special Bible that has all kinds of room for doodling, and this, this person likes to doodle. And sometimes that just helps, with, um, helps manage these kinds of things with creative expression. My wife does watercolor. I don't know if she does it because she's all frustrated and anxious with me, but I know that she loves to do that, and it's therapeutic. Find out what works for you and, and give yourself permission to, to do that. Amen. Number six, a doctor's care. Now, here's one of my challenges. I don't like to be sort of a negative, don't do this, but I do want to say that in this point. Number seven, sometimes uh, it's necessary. You need to go to a doctor and, and get some uh, prescription medication for uh, anxiety. And again, take the shame out of it. 
Don't let the shame stop you from doing what needs to happen. Now, some, some doctors, that's just the first thing they do, and they don't even talk to you about anything else. We don't really want to go there. However, there may be a time and a, and a season that it's needed, and you have to give yourself permission for this and take the shame out of it. Okay? However, now here's the negative. Don't self-medicate. Okay, here's a strong don't. Strong don't from Pastor Mike. Don't self-medicate. And when, I'm, when I talk about this, I'm talking about alcohol and other drugs. I'm talking about binge, whatever, binge watching, binge eating, uh, perhaps pornography. Uh, there's all kinds of things that people do to self-medicate. And those aren't, necessarily, those aren't necessarily good. Some of them are a mixture. You need to eat, but you don't need to binge eat. Sometimes you just need to chill and, you know, put on a decent Netflix show or whatever, but, you know, don't binge it. Don't, you know, take, you know, 14 hours. And, oh, I couldn't stop. Okay. Sometimes we laugh nervously, don't we? <laughs> All right, number eight, very important. This one is so important, and I've experienced this, and that is the need for, how are we doing time-wise? Okay. We might be stopping partway through the verse and just let it be. But inner healing, okay? And uh, that is something that has been, you know, a great kind of uh, emphasis in the past and not so much now. But there's a need at times for us because what happens is a trauma from a, a, an earlier time in our life, especially even as children, uh, the trauma is triggered by something in the present, and it gives us a feeling of anxiety far more than is what might be expected. And the reason it is is because it's triggered by uh, it's triggering something from a hurt in the past. And I don't have time to tell you the story of, of my healing in this area. I mentioned it moment, uh, moments ago, and that is about rejection. But there was a memory that, uh, that came up in the presence of the Lord, and when that was healed, all of a sudden my life took on a whole different sort of level of challenge in that whole area. And there's that connection, and it's that triggering, and if, if we're triggered, okay, let's get the healing for the trigger, as opposed to ask God to miraculously stop, you know, the, uh, the consequences. Does that make sense? Sometimes anxiety or fears come against us because our current circumstances mirror hurtful past traumas. Invite God into that pain. Number nine, maintain a focus on other people. That is serving and giving to others, helping others, bless others, but also invite others, and you have to be careful with this, uh, it needs to be select people and safe people, but invite others into your experience of anxiety and fear. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. And uh, number 10 is an attitude of gratitude. You can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose your attitude. Okay, come on. And it's not an attitude of, oh, everything's fine. It's an attitude, okay, I've got... I got four dozen things I could be thankful for right now. 
and I'm going to start intentionally living like that, like those, like those things to be grateful for. Uh, Philippians 4.6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all, and thank him for all that he has done. Okay, real quick, I want to uh, go to the next slide, slide 11, guys, if, if you would. You are not alone, and there is a resource, and I thought I would try something a little different. There's a resource available through Focus on the Family. It's only about 10 pages uh, on a PDF file, and if you have your phone with you, you can go to the um, Connect desk at the back, and I've got a little uh, code there. You can just scan it on your phone, and you can, um, you can uh, find that document online, okay? And now I saw a couple of people with their phones out. Did it happen to work just on the screen? Oh, it did. Okay, so it even works just doing it on the screen. But you could go if you didn't get it, because we're moving on here. You, you can get it um, at the Connect desk. We have that available for you. Okay, and so the rod, okay, your, the rod and staff come from me. The rod is actually the armor, the, uh, the, the weapon. The rod of the shepherd uh, was, was for, you know, killing stuff, you know, snakes and, and enemies and throwing it at bigger, uh, bigger uh, targets and so forth. And this is, uh, this is like a staff, and the staff was used for guidance. And this staff, you could, he could pick up a, a, a little baby lamb and give it to the mother without allowing his hands to, the scent of his hands to be on that, that little lamb uh, so that the mother wouldn't reject it. And, of course, bringing, you know, bringing sheep closer to him for an inspection or whatever is needed. And then this, of course, this end would be for the guidance part. And, and so the... Uh, the rod speaks of God's word. Remember, it was Moses' rod that was used to use, do all the miracles in Egypt, bringing people out of Egypt. And then the, the uh, staff represents the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we have the word and the spirit. And what we need to do is not allow a disconnect. And I, I want this word out to you. Before we close here, we're going to close momentarily. But we can have this great disconnect, like I mentioned a few times. Sometimes, well, when I'm experiencing these things, I, I pray, and I ask God to help me, and then it doesn't seem like anything's happening, and so I just kind of panic, and I go and do whatever I'm going to do otherwise, whether it's good for me or not. And we make this disconnect between our faith and our belief and the spiritual side of our life, and our physical and emotional life. And we are one person. In fact, it's only the Word of God that can differentiate between the soul and the spirit. We can't do that in our head, so we can't allow the disconnect. And the old habits, we need to have the new habits. Some of these, you know, the 10 points that I, I gave, and I, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm not a psychologist, but I believe these things can be very helpful, and they are biblically based. And, and so... Uh, let me just close uh, with this, get to the end of my notes here. Uh, there was a wonderful story, wonderful story in the, in the life of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and uh, there was a man named Bartimaeus, and he was, he was blind. And he, he called out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Should I call out? Are you still, anybody sleeping here? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, you know, Jesus knows everything, right? Like everything. And so he called him over and he asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And, you know, he was blind. <laughs> Hello, I'm blind. But he asked him, what do you, and, G, and Bartimaeus said, I need, I want you to, I want you to heal me. If you will, I can be healed. And Jesus says, I will. Your faith has made you well. And I, I want to ask you here this morning, what do you want Jesus to do for you? As we close here, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are with me. Your rod, the word, your staff, the precious Holy Spirit, they comfort me. Come on, let's stand together, please. And um, I'm just going to turn this over to Pastor Matt, and perhaps would you like to pray? Okay. Thank you so much. God bless you. Amen. What a great word. Can we be reminded this morning, church, that the Lord is our shepherd, that he goes before us. And when we talk about this idea that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why is that? I loved, I loved what Pastor Mike said this morning. That was so good, Pastor Mike. You often you, you might hear that thing, well, do not fear. And it can sound like a rod over your head. You know? That's the rod, right? Don't fear. Don't fear. Come on. Get over it. But can we understand that when God gives us a word, there's grace behind it? There's a divine enabling of the Holy Spirit that God works through His Word and He gives us grace to be able to accomplish it and fulfill it. And that word that comes today, do not fear, there's grace. There's grace. There's grace. In other words, what He's saying, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to struggle through this. There's grace. He's with us even now. So as we close today, Pastor Mike gave us a charge and he said, you know, what is it that you need from the Lord today? And I want us just to take a few moments to internalize that and think about that and be aware of that. I want us to close our eyes just for a moment. And I want you to think, and if you don't know, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what is it today that I need from you? What is it that you want to do in my life? Let's take a few moments. just hold on to that for a moment and then we're going to let it go. Right now I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to believe that God's going to release that thing in your life. Whatever it is, we're going to pray for that today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each person here today, Lord God, under the sound of my voice. Those that are watching online in Jesus' name, 
Father, I thank you today, Lord God, that your word says do not fear, and therefore there is grace to help us to walk through that. So Father, today I pray that those that are in fear today, that, that the thing is that they, that they need from the Lord is to have uh, courage. The thing that they need from the Lord today is to have hope, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' name that you would come, Holy Spirit, and restore that in Jesus' name. Restore it in Jesus' name as you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Help us to walk in it in Jesus' name. There is no fear in love, for fear involves torment. And we pray against the torment of fear today in Jesus' name, in people's lives, Lord God. We ask for freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear today in Jesus' name, Lord God. But whatever it is that people are holding on to, whatever it is that they need from the Lord today, maybe it's something practical. Maybe it has to do with finances. Maybe it has to do with health, Lord God. Maybe it has to do with a relationship, Lord Jesus. I know that you are able, and you are our shepherd. And so, Father God, we call upon you today, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you would touch each one, Lord God. We pray that there would be uh, uh, resources that would be made available. We pray that there would be answers that would come, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give wisdom to know what to hold on to and what to let go of. And we pray today, Lord Jesus, that you would lead and guide each one in this place, Lord God. You would meet them right where they are. And that they would experience your presence today in a new way. We ask for it now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, that you are our shepherd and we can rely on you. We love you, Lord. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Isn't that good, church? What a great word. Can we give Pastor Mike a hand? Come on. Aloha. That was awesome. That was some macadamia nut power coming in there. Come on. Amen. Amen. Well, church, we're so grateful for all of you here today. As we close today, there's a few things we just wanted to mention before we release you. Tanya? Just if you would like more prayer. I know we've had many opportunities for prayer, but again, if you still would like to have some prayer, please come to the side of the stage here. We have a prayer team that would love to pray and stand and believe with you for whatever you're needing. So don't miss that opportunity if you would like more prayer. Also... There are coffee and goodies in the foyer, so don't rush away. Grab a cup of coffee, meet someone new, catch up with somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, and let's, let's be the family of God and just in build relationship and just enjoy that time. We're so grateful for our team that is actually serving coffee and doing all that. We're so thankful. So grab a cup of coffee, stay a little bit, and visit. Also, tax receipts are available at the back table Yes. at the end as well. Grab and so feel free to grab one yet. of those. Yes. I think that's it, babe. We love you guys. Be blessed. Go with God. Let's live this out. Remember, the Lord is your shepherd. He goes with you. He goes before you. And he will prepare the way for you. Amen.